up to $26,000 per employee? They call it the 15-minute refund, but it's not a gimmick. It's for business owners who stuck it out during the pandemic. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, or ERTC. But time is running out to get started. Talk to the experts. JWC Advisors at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Who are they? CPAs who will keep you on the right side of the IRS. So do it the right way. Go to iHeartTaxRefunds.com. That's iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily Startup Show. Sure do appreciate it. We love to talk about the world of startup on this show, the good, the bad, and the gritty. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, not from around here, as you can plainly hear. Uh, grew up in the UK, um, Oxford physicist turned uh, MOD rocket scientist and uh, got posted out here in the US to be a consultant on a US missile program. That was supposed to be for two years, and that was 26 years ago. I, I never left the U.S., so I hopped out of that uh, around about the turn of the millennium and jumped into this um, RTLS, uh, real-time location system business that I've been in these last 20-odd years now. Wow, it's crazy to hear that location-based like technology has been around for 20 years. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, I know. Yes. Uh, in retrospect, yes. Crazy. That was the early days. That was a little bit the Wild West. We were making stuff legal, setting standards. Um, yeah. Throwing mud at the walls to seeing which uh, applications would stick for sure back in those days. Absolutely. Figuring it out and laying down the the proposed groundwork, right? Yeah. And this was pre, um, pre everybody having Google on their phone, right? And knowing the value of location intelligence, which we kind of take for granted in our personal lives now. And in the enterprise, you can kind of understand how that maps. But back in those days, um, yeah, we didn't have that context even. So it was, uh, it was, it was, that was uh, the startiest of startup land. <laughs> the starty of, of startup land. So um, <laughs> let's talk about what you've built here with Cognosos. I'd say that's a that's a tongue twister if you allow it to be. Yeah, exactly. Now we um so we're in the business of helping people manage large fleets of assets, and uh, where we focus is traditionally underserved um, markets, and those are primarily in healthcare and in logistics. And so uh, for oh gosh, probably fifteen plus years, there's been really strong demand in these markets for this technology, but they've been underserved because. Deploying the solutions has been fantastically expensive and complex and uh, and disruptive. So what we bring is a very simple to deploy, very high performing solution to helping hospitals manage their assets better, to improve um, utilization and and patient care. And in the supply chain side, it's uh, it's bringing light to the deepest and darkest of supply chain links, which is the the inbound and outbound marshalling yards uh, around the warehouses and factories where visibility uh, up till now has been negligible. And and when did you when, when did this when did you launch this brand? When did it all start? 
Um, just a few years ago, actually, about five years ago, um, you know, one of our competitive edges is having been born into this industry at a time when there were new tools available like cloud and AI. We'll talk about that here probably in a minute. Um, but Cognosis was born into this kind of late, really, in the day and as as has pretty much reinvented how we locate things in a way that's kind of leapfrogged the incumbents who got stuck in the turn of the millennium technologies that uh, that were kind of the way it's done, right? Prognosis sure. didn't know the way it's done, so they tried a new way, and guess what? It's, uh, it's a lot better. Well, let's talk about that AI. You said we'll talk about that in a second. I'm curious uh, now that uh, you'd mentioned it as we yeah. enter, into this, enter into this space where AI is, you know, it's it's got its, you know, it's got its direct benefits and kind of uncertainties at the same time. But yeah, let's let's dive into that. Yeah, well, Cognosis made me a believer. I've been a big AI cynic for a long time because um, I think the, the problem with AI has been that it's been a label that's been attached to so many things that uh, that are not actually particularly exciting or innovative. Um, and AI and in this industry has been talked of at kind of the high level. You gather a whole bunch of data. What could a machine learning algorithm figure out about long-term trends and predicting issues from all these different data sources? Cognosis, um, we've got AI embedded right in the core of our sensors. You know, a tracking technology for managing assets necessarily has some kind of tag that you put on those assets and some kind of infrastructure that is the reference for those tags to locate themselves in. And our AI is embedded right in the core of the sensors. Um, and what we do is take a, a, a completely different approach. We don't try to figure out coordinates. Where are, wh where's the dot on the map? What are the, what's the latitude and longitude? Um, we take a machine learning approach. We take a classification approach to classifying which hospital room we're in, which doctor or trailer's at, which parking space is parked in. And the magic is machine learning is so advanced now, it can make really high quality inferences from very sparse input data. What does that mean? Amazing performance with very little infrastructure. And getting that performance with a lightweight infrastructure is the key to getting these markets to adopt where traditionally the infrastructure has been the big blocker. Yeah. So that's the magic. It's M machine learning that creates super high value uh, data from very sparse infrastructure. And you mentioned hospitals, and I read something earlier mm -hmm. before our interview about that. How does that tie into not just not just hospitals, other industries as well, too? Yeah. Well, so you know, hospitals for a long time have had uh, a problem managing assets. How do you make sure? the IV pump and the wound vac and all the things you need, the ventilator are all in the right place at the right time. So when a nurse needs it, they can lay their hands immediately on it um, and provide the absolute best patient care they can. And um, traditionally, um, hospitals have had a hard time managing that. They're big facilities, stuff gets moved around a lot. And, and the solution has been buy more stuff. Um, the more you have, the higher the probability of finding it when you need it. And, and, the, and the result is, most hospitals have double the amount of equipment they need to provide the level of care that they provide. So how do you improve that? Well, um, you uh, step one, tell them where everything is so you can find it quickly. Um, that's simple. Step two is, you know what, let's improve the process. Let's make sure nothing is ever in the wrong place. Let's make sure that the clean rooms are always automatically replenished because we can predict when they're going to run low on equipment because we know exactly where everything is. So it's all about optimizing the delivery of assets to the front line and making sure everything's always right to hand when you need it. 
These are probably, this is some of the stuff most people don't even think about, but when it's explained, no. when it's explained in practical terms on how it's actually utilized and worked into everyday life, uh, it starts to make a little bit more sense on here. So it's, you know, you guys are, are, are the, are the ones that are, that are pioneering this and laying the new groundwork to say, you know, there's a better and easier way for things to go and operate that actually makes life and, and, and the entire process ju just that yeah. much easier. And that demand's been there, right? That's been there for, as I said, decade and a half at least. But yeah. the solutions, you couldn't deploy them. You can't you can't put a whole bunch of sensors in a ceiling in a hospital. Um, it's a giant construction task. What are you gonna do? Close the hospital down while you while you run wires and cables? You can't do that. You can't lift a ceiling tile in a hospital for for the worry about disturbing whatever is settled on top of the ceiling tile and and causing health issues in the hospital. You, you just can't do it. So hospitals. I've needed this for a long time, but I've never had solutions because these um, just very difficult and complex to deploy solutions that are, have been historically um, the, the only options that they've had. Well, it's a good thing you guys are around and technology is available now to help solve those problems, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels good. It does. It, it feels like you're solving a, a real genuine problem to help people. Yeah, doing work that matters. So when we talk about the world of startup, uh, what's been the worst part of the startup experience for you? Oh, the startup part. Um, <laughs> it's been the worst part. There's so many. Uh, there's so many hard parts, right? Um, I think the uh, the hardest thing for a technology company, and I've always been in the world of technology startups, right? So um, the technology companies are oftentimes a, a problem, a solution looking for a problem. Um, you know, a smart technology that has a lot of promise, and uh, like we, I said back in the early days, we were trying to figure out exactly. Um, where the uh, applications lie. So um, the hard part of a technology company is making sure that you've got a really good technology and need match that you're actually solving an existing problem and not trying to find a new problem because you've got a cool technology. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what would you say the grittiest part of the startup process is? Grittiest part? I mean, it's just, um, you know, the hardest thing of a startup I think the hardest thing of a small company is just the lack of ability to predict what tomorrow's going to look like. Um, you have a very lumpy sales pipeline, often with a small number of large deals in it. One of those slips a few months and it can be disastrous to your cash flow and your finances. Um, bluebirds pop up all the time with uh, fantastic opportunities that are going to cause a jink in your roadmap and do you chase after that or do you hold the course? I think it's just the fact that when you're small, even the smallest perturbations are giant impacts on your, uh, on your strategy and your execution. So it's, it's trying not to, it's trying not to be jerked around by those surprises is the, is the real grit. I think the grit work that you have to get done. Absolutely. Well, I uh, it's been great to learn more about what you guys have built here and more learn more about this te technology. I knew nothing about it prior to our conversation. That's the fun part about this job is that uh, yeah. I get to learn what I don't know uh, that I don't know. But one to encourage you to keep up the great work. You guys are clearly doing work that matters and uh, keep rocking and rolling. It's been great chatting with you for a few minutes. I appreciate your time. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having us on. You got it, Adrian. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by Grit Daily 
gritdaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at gritdaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.